0: Good morning, good morning. My name's Tracy and welcome to Connection Sunday. This is a Sunday where we get to meet new friends. Um, And I am on a team called a Connection team that helps plan this Sunday service. And for all of our Sunday services here, there are four four different teams. Um, There's a teaching team, a celebration team, a Connection team, and a prayer team. And those plan each of the services that happen here um, each week. So I also have just a few announcements before we get started. Um, If you look up at the screen, if we can put it up, the elders on the slide, if we can have that, these are, comes back up. Um, These are the elders here. um, And the information up there, you can email them. Many of them are here today. Um, Feel free to approach them, talk to them, ask them questions. Um, Yeah, they're here to help guide us and they really do wanna hear from you. So that is up there. every week to, yeah, just reach out to them and meet them. And then the last um, announcement I have is that we will have a service on Christmas Eve, um, but we will not be meeting um, in church on the 26th. So there is a Christmas Eve service, but we will not be meeting, remember, on the 26th. So I also want to welcome anyone who is new in the room today. Um, This might not be what you expected coming in today, um, but I hope you do feel truly welcomed by the people here. On these Connection Sundays, we practice connecting with each other so that we can learn how to connect um, and how to live this out in our daily lives. It's going to be a little bit simpler today, so everyone can rest assured. um, It will be just a simple connecting time and we'll explain everything. I also hope you do make a new friend today. I know that with all of these Connection Sundays, I've made lots of new friends because of this. And there are many people who are enjoying meeting new people in these Sundays. So I do hope you meet a um, new friend or maybe many new friends today. But we also just want to say that we don't just do this to meet like amazing people, even though everyone is amazing in this building. We don't do it just to meet um, new people in this building. We do this as a way to practice and learn how to take this skill of connecting outward. If you have read anything recently on mental health, it's that the stats on loneliness and isolation are through the roof right now. And sometimes, sadly, are only made worse in the Christmas season. There are so many people who long for a friend, and we can actually be those people. Especially in this Christmas season, especially during the season of Advent, where God calls us to be a light in the darkness. What better way to be a light in the dark world than learning how to connect more with those around you? So I would approach today like a practice round for God's mission in our world. I'm going to invite up Jeff to lead us in the next portion of time.
1: Thank you, Tracy. So I had one of my kids woke up this morning and he said, "Dad, this is my this is my f- my favorite week. I get to I get to talk with people and be with people. This is truly a gift this is a gift all throughout the world people are not everybody has this opportunity we get to be together on a sunday morning and be together and worship jesus and encourage each other and as tracy said the the importance is so big Uh, in mental health circles people are incredibly lonely and making Very difficult decisions because of that loneliness. And today we have an opportunity to practice what it's like to let everybody know they matter because the reality is you do all matter. So now we get to the piece that is just going to be a lot of fun, right? So we are going to try something different. We are going to, we always say that every week, right? Everything's always something different. So it's not that different. But we are going to break up in groups of six to eight, so first, I'm going to put you in the groups, and then we're going to give instructions from there. Uh, we are encouraging families, such as mine, that are larger to not stay together. So uh, younger children, say under 12, maybe you hang out with the parents, but other kids that are a little bit older that are capable of having conversations, we as my 14-year-old is just smiling at me as, as I'm up here, he's is, he is loving this right now. We encourage you to get in a different group. So... Uh, I don't know. So, step one. I'll give you more instructions after that. Step one: gather with a group of six to eight, and then we will instruct to the next step. Sound good? All right, you all. You all are doing a great job. I'm really proud of this. This is a. This is a win thus far. All right. So here, here's what we're gonna do. Question number one. I am getting really close to the edge of the stage. Clearly, I haven't done this many times. Uh, Question number one. Question number one's a little lighter. Question number two is a little heavier. Uh, as far as group facilitation, I want to make sure every single person has an opportunity to talk. So first time around, say your name and then uh, answer the question as you're able to. So, what is one happy Christmas memory or tradition your family either does or has done in the past? Does that make sense? So every person. Uh, we encourage to talk, and we'll take about a minute per person before we move on to the next question. Ready? Go. The question again: uh, What is one memory or tradition, happy memory or Christmas? What is one happy memory or tradition from Christmas time? So, on the way in today, I was reflecting upon uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and First, uh, specifically the last passage, just that famous chapter about love that gets read at, like, most weddings, you know? Uh, And so the last verse, though, says something to the effect of faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And love is very, very important. Love is apparently number one. But hope and faith, we're not sure which one's number two and which one's number three, but hope is very, very important. It breaks the top three. And in Christmas, we celebrate hope. We celebrate that uh, in a world of chaos, uh, this this small, small baby came, and uh, soon became the King of the Earth, uh, the Messiah, Lord, and I have been feeling as as many. It, it feels just like this last week or two. Maybe it's the holidays coming on, but but the anxieties of a variety of things have just come, just come at me a lot this week, and so uh, this is going to be a moment where we we specifically think about those anxieties in our world because i think anxiety the opposite of hope of of believing that this king is going to come in and deliver us from everything is getting lost in our mind and believing that uh that i mean it it doesn't do anything we uh, and so but to fully appreciate the hope of jesus i think we got to sit with that anxiety for a minute so we're gonna put we're gonna put a, a song on and I encourage everybody for, for two to three minutes, that's how long it's going to go, think about your upcoming weeks. Think about those things that are, are uh, occupying your mind, Are feel overwhelming, you're fearful, because we all have that. in, in let's sit with the reality of that, but we're not going to stop there. Uh, then from there, we're going to go on to our hope and our, the, the king, right? The king of the world who came in baby form. So for the next two to three minutes of silence think about your things in your life. Uh, For most of us who have these thoughts go on quite a bit, it shouldn't be too difficult to find something that is bringing you anxiety. Make sense? Okay, we're going to come back together as groups right now. So we are going to, we're going to take the depth a little. Uh, It's going to change from the previous question because these are, these are things close to our heart. These are things that are not easy to talk about all the time. And so feel free to share whatever was on your heart with your group as you see fit, while also asking the question, how does the savior of the world, the king of heaven and earth, change how you view things in this holiday season? What does the hope of Jesus mean for you? And so for some people, maybe you're saying, look, this is going on and I can't actually see the hope of Jesus in this season right now. And that's okay to say that. And for other people, maybe you're at a different point and you say, this is what the hope of Jesus has meant for me in this season. And maybe that's encouraging to people, but this, this doesn't have to end with a, a, a nice little bow. Be, I, I encourage people to be real about some of the things you're feeling in the season and specifically, what the hope of Jesus means for you in this season. Make sense? We're gonna go back to our groups and we're gonna we're gonna continue with the connection time. What was it like? How did that go? Okay you got some people saying good. Uh so I have Gabe loves it. I'm using so many examples of him today. So I I have a young child who is Getting pretty into weightlifting, and and every week he's getting stronger and stronger, but but he realizes he's getting stronger through his failures. So when he tries something, uh, a certain weight, and he realizes I, I can't I can't complete that on the squat or the bench or the deadlift or whatever that is, uh, he realizes what he has to work on, and then he soon goes back, and and at some point he can do it in the future. We are exercising those muscles today. We, are, we have a world of people who are longing for community, longing for connection, longing to hear the hope of Christmas. And in this little exercise, we are all getting just a little bit better so we can share that hope with them. So I realize for some people, it's, it's maybe not your favorite thing, the more introverted folks, but this matters because people matter. So thank you all for engaging in that right now i'm going to call carol up for a a, a teaching time a uh, brief teaching time and everybody else you can return to your seats if you want or you can stay with your new friends it's your choice
2: can i just say can i just say thank you so much for coming today thank you so much for um Setting a priority to prepare him room. The uh, joy to the world has that line in it: "Let every heart prepare him room." And coming today, you you set that as a priority, and I really appreciate it. And set it as a like you know to to set it as a priority to do it together, together with us. So thank you, because this is a busy time. There's decorating, there's shopping, there's cooking, and there's parties that fill our time. And if we, for, if we aren't careful, we forget what it's all about and what God has done for us. So that's the beautiful part of gathering together, that we can prepare him room together. So I'd like to, you've already, we've already kind of primed that pump and I'd like to just continue it to stop and relish the beauty of God entering our world as a baby to live life among us and bring forgiveness of sins and a new life through his death and resurrection he brought us forgiveness through his death on the cross and a new life like that resurrection life we can share now when he rose from the dead so a few weeks ago Al challenged us from Isaiah 9 and he asked us if we're as ready for Jesus' second coming, as the people back then were ready for his first coming. So, I'd like to take us back to that passage as we continue to prepare our hearts for Christmas. So, if you have your Bible and you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 8, the end of the chapter, and yay, we have it uh, a slide. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, for background, God has asked Isaiah to speak to Ahaz, the king of Judah, to warn of coming judgment if he, the king, the leader of the people, doesn't put his trust in the Lord. God is using the nations surrounding his people, Israel, to press them to repent because they're like threatening to invade and they are invading. But God has not abandoned his people. He continues to use this prophet Isaiah to call them to forsake the darkness and find light in a relationship with with him with the lord so now let's read this together i'll read you guys can follow along isaiah 8:19 through 9:7 when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter should not a people inquire of their god why consult the dead on behalf of the living consult god's instruction And the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam throughout the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and look upward. Will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless... There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. From that time on and forever and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I'm sure as I started reading, you thought, what in the world does this have to do with Christmas? (laughs) Indeed, preparing for Christmas is one part remembering what God has done for us by entering our world. And the other part is looking at the world that he entered Looking at our world, looking at ourselves, and preparing our hearts to receive what he has done. So in the first slide, it talked about Naphtali and Zebulun. Oh, no, maybe it was the second slide. Anyway, these were tribes of Israel that were given the northern territory in the land. So like when Moses, you know, came up, they were coming into the promised land. They divided the land. Naphtali and Zebulun were up north in that section. So what that meant is they were the first ones to be invaded by the Assyrian army. Now here, hundreds of years later, when they're being threatened, they're the first ones that, to be invaded. And Al had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. So these people were being threatened. They were vulnerable to attack. And what did they do? Instead of repenting in turning to the Lord as they had been instructed by the prophet, they sought counsel from mediums and spiritists. This is the darkness they were walking in. They are called out by the prophet to go back to, the, to God's word, that is, the law and the testimony. If they do not, they will wander through the, through the land dejected and hungry. They will be driven into thick darkness. This is like dark, you guys. <laughs> Instead of turning, they refuse. It's a strange combination of hopelessness and arrogance when we will not humble ourselves and submit to God, but we continue on in the darkness and curse God instead. As we think about our world today and our own lives, let's just think. Where are we on that continuum? But God does not leave them alone. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. All that endangered them has been dealt with. They can burn the bloody garments they wore into warfare. The rod of their oppressor has been shattered. The tense of these verbs indicate that this has already taken place, but actually it hasn't yet. It's, it's called a prophetic perfect tense. It's in the future, but in God's mind. Okay, so God is communicating this through the prophet. These are the words of God that he's asking the prophet to speak. In God's mind, it's already accomplished. So there's hope in that for us. In God's mind, all of this oppression will cease. In in a sense, it kind of has ceased. It will cease. It's as good as done. It's kind of like in Hebrews when it talks about faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not yet seen. Not yet seen. It's coming. So why? Why could the people have hope? How did this come about that all of this Um, oppression was dealt with verse 6 says for it's a child the child referred to here is the same child that we didn't look at but in chapter 7 verse 14 a virgin shall conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel this is the prophecy of the Messiah who came as a baby a son but will also come again as a conquering king So this prophecy is is holding together in one piece, unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given, and the resolution of, of all conflicts in the future. So it's looking forward and forward. So Jesus did not shatter the burdensome yoke and the rod that was on their shoulders and the staff of their oppressor, when he came the first time as a baby, he's going to come again as a conquering king. And that's what Al talked about a couple of weeks ago. When he does, there's, no gonna, there's not going to be any more need of trampling boots. And the bloodied garments that they had from past times of war are going to be burned in the fire. They're not going to need them anymore because he's going to resolve everything and as and as far as god is concerned it's already been accomplished because he sees it finished in the end so there are so many names for jesus but these that are mentioned here in isaiah are some of the most hope-giving names of all wonderful counselor this child has divine wisdom mighty god this child has divine power everlasting father this child will be tenderly caring for his children, a faithful father. And prince of peace, this child is a, is a prince. His reign is characterized by peace. His dominion will be vast and prosperous. Uh, verse 7, yes, verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. And this is referring back to a promise that God made to David in 2 Samuel 7. The Lord declares to you, David, the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Don't miss this, friends. When Mary and Joseph had to travel on a donkey, you know the Christmas story, To Joseph's ancestral home, for the census, it was the city of David, Bethlehem, where they went. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What comes to me as I read these names of God is that he is both willing and able. As Emmanuel, Jesus was willing to enter our world to become one of us to experience our joys and sorrows and our struggles. He was born out of a birth canal. You can't get any, sorry, that might be too graphic, but you can't get any more with us than that. Blood and all the rest, you know? He was with, he's with us. As wonderful counselor, as mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace, he's able He's able to bring light to our darkness. He's able to rescue us. He's able and faithful to stay with us to the end and to bring peace, not just to our hearts, but ultimately to this world. Yes, the injustices that grieve you will be undone, made right by the Prince of Peace. He truly is a safe place to run to. As I was contemplating what message God had for Moran Park in this season, Um, I came across on the interwebs, of course, a kind of a poem. Can you show that slide now? Christmas is not here to offer a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper-thin layer of twinkle lights. It's not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through the piles of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I'll come carry it with you. So friends, let me ask you, is this season a little too much? A little too much light? A little too much noise? A little too much activity? Is there a part of your heart that is sad? Are you in pain or grief, carrying a weight of your own, or, or, or if not your own, the, the problems of this world, the pain you see around you in the world? Christmas is God reminding you again that he's here to carry your weight with you. Christmas is Jesus coming to carry the weight of your sin and to offer forgiveness and a new life in him, in this world and in the next. Christmas is God coming to say, I see the problems of this world, the sickness, the things that aren't fair, and the downright evil. And as Al told us, I'm coming to redeem you. And when he redeems us in this life, he sends us out into this world as his followers, entering the world just as he did, coming alongside to lift burdens and to bring light. And then someday he will come again to bring a new creation. Let's welcome Jesus into this darkness and let our hearts be warmed by his light. Let's not look elsewhere for calm or solace. Let's bring Jesus into our place. Those sitting in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is the light of the world. We're here today to point each other to that light. If you would like prayer, Joy's going to come up and close our service, but if you would like prayer, just just to pray about anything that's a burden for you. I'm gonna be down in front and I'd be welcome, I'd welcome the opportunity to pray